Hey, welcome to Try Morama Ding Dong. This is Remy. This is Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. Hi, Remy. And this week we are talking about jealousy, like the song. Like, remember that song? Hey, jealousy. Oh yeah, that's a good jam. Yeah, that nineties, that nineties jam. So, do you think it'd be all right if I could just crash here tonight? tonight. (laughs) And we don't have a guest this week. We don't have a guest. We are. We have a big jealousy. Wait, it's not. That's that's not Steel Magnolias. It's something else, though. It's like something like. Per, what is the name of that band? Jealousy. Gin, bo- gin blossoms. Gin blossoms. Steel magnolias. You were, you gin were on the fl- you got flowers. Yeah. Gin blossoms, yeah. baby. Okay. I sang that at karaoke once. Oh my god, it's a good one. It's such a fucking good one. After our pot after our um podcast on pandemic, pandemic at the disco. Mm-hmm. Um, all panic, no disco. Um <laughs> I have been thinking nonstop about karaoke and what i'm gonna do and i'm gonna kill it when i'm back in oh my god There's... You, know, you know what i want to do I... sure <laughs> sorry let me make this about me sorry no I, do it i want to do the pretenders brass in pocket where she's like i'm special so oh, yeah. special i just want to oh, scream i gotta have your attention give it to me because i haven't had anyone's attention for a full fucking long um, time yeah i love that okay, I, what do you want to do what do you want to do i'm just i'm actually well known in certain circles for my tracy chapman cover <gasps> of fast cars oh my god wow powerful yeah, i really use that um and i think it says something about me that i have also the same vocal range as like a powerful black lesbian oh god i love her so much has she come out with an album lately i don't know but i it's amazing that album i've you've not listened to it lately it's all very current still and i think it was like 1986 is when she put it out and it's like so current yeah because it's about like poverty and racism and classism and yeah, all yeah. of that. She was fucking woke from the day she came out of that vajay. I mean, yeah, she's just and that the whole album listens like a story. It's really good. It's a good. It's a good listen. Okay, it's I need a to good revisit. One. I need to revisit. Good old Tracy. I was actually alive in '86, baby. Um, I was born in '86. You were alive. You were there. Yeah, I was in November. I was there for a month. Um. <laughs> I went for nine months in a womb somewhere in the high desert of Southern California, just like rolling around. You were, yeah. And it's not like your mom was listening to Tracy Chapman. So you had to like search that shit out when you got out here. She was not listening to Tracy she Chapman. sure wasn't. Sure was not. No. Nope. How, how have you been? What's your week been like? You're good? I'm good. I'm in Tucson and it was 85 degrees today. And like, I can't Oof. even, I can't even tell you when the sun is out, I am like a different person. I'm like, was I sad for six months? I feel like I was sad for six months. Can't remember because I'm in the sun anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I no got a bueno. We went to the like expensive country club and just like waltzed in and we were like, margaritas, please. Oh, cool. A little outdoor patio and fucking 85 degree weather. I was like, I yes. love that. Yeah. What's going on with you? How's your day? How's your week? Oh my God. I had such a journey today or, and well, it's a journey that bleeds in from last night into today. Oh my God. I haven't um, had those in a minute. 
Okay. Yeah, I know. Right. Well, I, okay. So last night I was, I was going to walk Truman, which is my dog. And I smoked a little weed before sure. I went out, which is sure. great. Yeah. Cause I'd got a lot of shit done and I was like, okay, I'm going to get a little stone and go walk Truman. Great. Which I usually do and just walk around the neighborhood and like listen to music. But there's been this shop that I've been like kind of ogling for a long time. Cause they're like, it's owned by this like really cute, like older, um, queer, Asian guy and like I've always like been looking at him in the neighborhood and like oh my god you look amazing and it's but it's like raw denim and it's like very something so like everything's like three hundred dollars right and they have been closed because of COVID sure so I've been like you know and I uh, yeah and I'm I'm not going to spend three hundred dollars right now on pants um, or anything but I was stoned in a good mood and they were open and it was like 5 30 and so I like walked by and I was like oh my god and it has a sign on the door and it says um please bring bell and someone will come take your temperature and I was like okay kind of weird but okay I respect all of that right like everyone mm-hmm. should be safe anyway this girl a blonde girl shows up at the door and there's no bell and I was like there's no bell um but cool hi and then she's like can I take your temperature I was like of course girl and then she takes my temperature sanitizes my hands great I'm in the shop and then the owner comes over and we start chit-chatting and I'm like flirting with them a little bit mm-hmm. and like, just like loving everything. And I'm just like feeling it. Cause I haven't been inside a retail shop in months. Like 10,000 Ye- years. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. so long. Like precisely um, 10,000. Which I'm not like a retail person. I mean, I am, I like good things. I like quality things, but I also like taking care of things anyway. But my mom is coming to town and I haven't seen her in a year and a half. And we're, we had just talked and we were going to go out to one nice dinner while she's here because she's only here for four days. So I was like, I need a good so you shirt. Need, you I need, need a Luke, a Luke for dinner. I need something to look forward to. God damn it. Right. God damn this, it. Yeah. Just in the last. Anyway. So I'm he's like, oh, well, you're this size. He's like, I make these by hand and like you're this size. And I was like, great. And then like the and then I'm like holding it up to my body. And then the girl, she says like offhandedly she's like we're closing we're about to close and I was like oh okay I was like I'll hurry up she's like yeah we have other stuff to do too afterward and I was like oh okay um well he said it would fit me so like I trust him he like handmade it right and so I like threw it in the bag along with another thing and I just like ran she ran my card and then she said something else because I was like She's like, oh, like, hi. Da, da. And I mentioned that my mom was coming. Anyway, she was like, oh, you're an oversharer. <gasps> she said that to you? Yes. Oh, my God. Which I am, but not in a, like, I didn't think, in, like, I've been in retail forever, and I would never give someone that feedback. Yeah, no, in- I'm sorry. That is not okay to say. It's not okay to say that. Yeah, yeah. Also, I, anyway, feel like, and- I also feel like it's anti-feminist. Like, do you know what I'm it's saying? It's anti-lots of things it's yeah. anti so many things it's like anti-misogynistic actually jealousy kind of plays into the reason that I share so much is because in a way when I overshare details that other people don't like oh my mom is coming in a way it's because I'm trying to humanize myself and make myself less threatening to mm. people so and or it's also probably a little bit of a trauma response from my fucked up childhood sure. that I feel like I have to like explain myself but also now I kind of work with it and I try to use it in a way to like humanize myself. So anyway, and I hadn't been in a shop in over a year. So it was like kind of a big deal. Anyway, so she like says some bitchy shit. 
And then I was like, no, it's fine. I'll just like get out of here. So I just like bought two little things and then like ran out. Anyway, get home, put it on short, too short, way too fucking short. It's like an inch short, which is so bothersome because it's like, I always have trouble with shirts and lengths anyway, which I should have done. And I was stoned. So I was like, whatever. So I was like, fine, I'll just take it back tomorrow. No problem. This is taking, this story is just really dragging, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, So then I take it back with the receipt in the bag and I'm like, walk confidently with joy in my heart because I was like not going to say anything about the weird vibes that I got from her because I was like whatever you're like like, it's a new day day." let's just start over and like the owner was so cute and so sweet and so I was like cool all's well all's well in the world right and everyone's tender right now so I was like whatever anyway so I approached the store with my bag and I have this cute little look I'm like already I'm dolled up to go return it but I didn't want to return it. I just want to make an exchange which is yeah. like should be chill right anyway I walk up and this other very handsome well-dressed man that I didn't see the day before approaches me and he's like I have to take your temperature and I was like okay I get it do it so then they take my temperature and he's like it's 91 degrees and I was like okay, well, that's low. And then he takes it again. And then it's 94. And then he takes it again. And it's 91. And he's like, your thermometer doesn't work, bro. Right. But also like, I'm, it would be a problem if I was like 103 or something. Cause that's like a fever, which is like indicative of fucking having COVID. Right. But being below is fine. Not at all. Yeah. No dice. Right. But he's, he looks at me dead in the fucking face with my as I was rushed out of the store the night before with the incorrect size shirt, he looks me dead in the face. He says, I'm going to ask you to walk around for about an hour or, and I was like, what? And he's like, okay. Or like 30 minutes to warm up because I can't let you in the store because of the health of like my employee, the employees that are in the store. And I was like, I am below the temperature. I was like, COVID is above. It's it's called having a fever idiot. But he's like, I'm not letting you in. And I was like, what? Also, his thermometer clearly doesn't work if it's fluctuating three degrees in a matter of No, exactly. Exactly. But he let, okay, so then I walked around just the block and then I walked back up and I was like, no, this is bullshit. Like, I'm not going to let this guy, like, fuck with me. And then he was doing the same thing to someone else, but he let them in. (gasps) Yeah. And so then- How dare? How dare? I went back up and he's like, I asked you to walk around. And I was like, okay. I was like, and then I told him the whole tale. I was like, I was here yesterday. This girl kind of rushed me out. I have the wrong size shirt. It's kind of not cool. And he's like, well, we don't do returns on. uh..." And then he tried to say something. I was like, this is not cool. And then I like roped in like the other associate. And I was like, this is not cool, everybody. I was like, this is not cool. Good for you. And like, like I didn't the, want to yeah, drag them. And then he apologized. But then he didn't, he, he was just like, hey, I was just trying to like, and I was like, I get that, right? But also like you shamed me like a child and made me stand outside while you let other people in. Also, you, which, your policy doesn't make any sense right now. Like your thermometer no, doesn't fucking work. And also and then I'm I, below. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, by the way, I, you're not, there's no way you were 91 or 94. You'd be like dead. 
I know, so, right? And then, sorry, bro. Especially because I had been biking because I like went to this um, Asian and Asian Pacific Islander like solidarity thing mm-hmm. like earlier and I had biked. So I was like, if anything, I was like, I was healthy. You're like, I'm but yeah, anyway, warm, that sir. was my journey. But now I have the shirt that and now it's like, it's soured, right? Yeah, now you don't feel great about it. It has weird vibes and now I'm poor. attached to it. Yeah, you're terrible, broke too. God terrible it. vibes. <sighs> but it's also like, I'm, yeah. Are that's you gonna my leave a life. Yelp review? I did. I yelped, which Good. I'm so ashamed. I only have one no. other Yelp, which Mm-mm. is for a friend's business. But I yelped, and I went to their website and I sent them an email of of the Yelp article, and I was like, I never do this, and I'm you just you. need feedback. Yeah, but I'm gonna keep the shirt. But so yeah. we'll see if they respond and I'll update. I, I will update. Yes, everybody. update. And also feel no shame. I go, I fucking use Yelp when like, and also I, I use it both ways. If I am like, if I have an experience with a business and I'm like, you guys were fucking on point. You made me feel great. I had a great time. Like I will put that shit on Yelp. Absolutely. But also like one time my friend, we went out for drinks and she fucking told me that she went to this, um, like garage like a mechanic in Mm. Sedona Mm. and that she drives stick and it was like a bunch of fucking dudes and they gathered around and she heard them say let's see this girl try to back back this car up oh my god like yes and they all stood around with their arms crossed with like sneering ass faces watching her yeah and she was so upset by it but she didn't say anything and I was like bitch you need to yelp that she was like no no no, it's a small town and I was like fuck that I'm yelping it so I fucking went on yelp and yelped as if I were her and I was like it was my name (laughs) but I acted like I was the one who'd had that experience because I was like if I were looking for a mechanic as a woman and I read that review I would be like I'm never going there and you know what when you behave that way like you don't deserve my fucking service, like my patronage. I'm not going. Yeah, not- don't re- don't reward bad behavior. No, and like I'm sorry, as a feminist, I'm out there like talking shit on Yelp when I need to. <laughs> I hear you, but like this was especially jarring just because like I haven't really interacted with that many people in the flesh, you know. Yeah, and and you, like, yeah, it's like a bummer of a reintroduction. You're I like, was just oh, sweet and like chatty, which like I was a shop girl for years. In fact, right. like my my inner totally. child, I like am a, I I want to be a shop girl, but um, yeah. So it was just like it was so weird, like that she felt like she could just like call me out and then like rush me out and then give me the wrong size and then. Like, what the hell? Something is like, someone needs to get it together over there. Yeah. The thing that sucks is like, we're because of the pandemic, we have all this like nostalgia and romance around humans and what they're and you're like. No, you're actually shit. <laughs> like, oh shit. Humans suck. Fuck. Some well, of I'm them sorry. suck. Some of them suck. Not- some of them are great. Let's yeah. yeah. And I think that like, yes, I like people in general when they're on good behavior. When they're when they're acting not like assholes, yeah. But and I was like, literally, sir, this is not how it works. This yeah. is not how COVID works. Which I'm not trying to educate <laughs> you, yeah. But like, but like, get it together, honestly. Yeah, it was like me actually being cold is probably a good thing. Also, there's no fucking way you were 91 degrees. It no means that my way. body, yeah. It's like it means that I'm a 
Well, and then they kept doing wrong temperatures and then they'll, they yeah. let someone else in and I was like, uh-uh. Uh, and uh, it also is just like, as a queer person, as a queer person, I try not to see everything, you know, maybe similarly to you as a feminist, like I try not to see everything as like an aggression sure. from the straight world. Right. But often it is. Yeah, let's be honest. And often they're like, okay, whatever. Okay. Okay. Should we jump Jealous- in? Jealousy. Hey, that jealousy. Tim song is, I love that song. Hey, jealousy. Yeah. Should I go? Uh, do it. Okay. Do, do the do. Okay. Rev my jealousy engine. Um, yeah. So it's so weird because I was actually the one who suggested that we do this topic. But then when I went to write my notes, I found that I was like extremely resistant to it. And I, I was like, oh my God, I still have shame around the times when I felt jealous, even though jealousy is, you know, super common, but I think it's yeah. just, it feels so like, it feels like I have no control over myself when jealousy comes up. Mm. And I, I think it makes me feel really weak too. Like it feels like a huge flashing neon sign of like, I lack self-esteem or something. Mm. Um, but I don't like being on the other side of it either. Really. Like there've been times when a friend has admitted they felt jealous of me. And that also has been extremely uncomfortable for me. And honestly, really sad. Cause at least in one case it ruined our friendship and I lost someone I was I was like very close to. Um, mm. So anyway, I'll start with my trauma light. This is my fat-free trauma niblet, <laughs> and it begins in nineteen. 19- can, can I can I just <laughs> yes. speak to the niblet? No, I'm just yes. kidding. No, but apparently envy comparison and um, jealousy and envy are similar, but they're not the but same. But they're not the same, right? Okay. Do you want to go through that real quick? I mean, jealousy and envy are similar, but they're not the same. Uh Um, And jealousy apparently always involves a third party seen as a rival for affection or attention. Oh, whereas, yeah, right. I didn't know that. And then whereas envy occurs between only two people and is best summed up as like, I want what you have. Oh, okay, great. Because actually that means I have one jealousy story and one envy story. Okay. Great. I love that. But I I think broadly speaking, I think most people interchangeably use the two, you know, that distinction doesn't outside. I didn't even know that. mm -hmm. But I love that jealousy always involves a third person. Okay. Well, that is the perfect uh, segue into my story. So allow me to set the scene. It's 1994. It's middle school, seventh grade, June, end of the year. Hot. Boys to Men has the number one single, number one in the charts. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing a bra because I'm becoming a woman. And so I'm on a journey. And I have two best friends who are in all my classes, Becky and Linda. Oh, fucking Becky. <laughs> fucking there's Becky always and a Linda. Becky. Wherever there's jealousy, there's some. <laughs> there's a Becky. Yeah. Rebecca. Um, so oh my-, my God. When we used to make fun of people from Santa Barbara, we'd call them all Beckys and Chads. Oh, yeah. Because we were like, oh my God, Becky. Or like, what's up, Chad? Yeah, eventually, like as she got older, she was like, don't fucking call me Becky. She hated that. Sorry, Becky. Sorry, Becky. Um, She'll she'll forever be Becky in my mind, though. Go find Chad. So my dance troupe has a performance at Magic Mountain one morning. And so, of course, you know, we that day I skipped school to go with my dance troupe to be at Magic Mountain all day. We spend 
the whole day riding Viper 20 times or whatever the fuck oh that God, one yes. is. Has like seven Ninja. Minutes. Yeah, whatever it was called. And when I get back to school the next day, having missed a day of school, Becky marches up to me and is like, Linda told Ryan that you like him. Well, guess what? I fucking did like Ryan. And because mm. I have Venus and Scorpio, that was a secret I was going to take with me to the goddamn grave. So <laughs> immediately I do damage control. I let Ryan know in no uncertain terms that I have zero interest in him and that the mere idea is preposterous because, you know, I'm filled with shame and humiliation. And then I confront Linda, who like, <gasps> is like shocked and denies it. And I tell her we are not friends and she can kiss our note passing goodbye forever and then also bye, because Linda. I, <laughs> bye and then also because i have venus and scorpio and <laughs> i can fucking hold a grudge like you know a fucking rope on the side of a cliff i proceed not to speak to linda nor acknowledge her existence for <gasps> all of eighth grade okay because we're at the end of seventh grade right now for over a year I'm just like, fuck Linda. Like she doesn't even exist. Fuck her. Like until mm -hmm. our freshman year of high school. And that is when I found out that actually Linda never said shit to Ryan. <gasps> oh Becky, no. Becky fucking told Ryan and then motherfucking framed Linda as a ploy to ruin uh, our friendship because she was jealous and wanted me to herself. Oh my God. Okay, but I'll say this, teenage girls, if ever God or goddess or cosmological being fucked up, <laughs> just like, not that they fucked up on site, but like, why teenage girls are so cruel to one another and are yeah. so manipulative? I mean, obviously, well, it's, a, it's in mean, reaction to all of the stress and pressure of being a woman and like getting... I mean, yeah, and just like hormones being crazy, but also like... Evil. Also, it's like there's so much sadness, you know, like there's so much sadness about right. like being who, like, is it OK to be who I am and whatever? And, you know, that is my trauma light around jealousy. But like the truth is, you know, I was part of this. Um, what, is it, what is it called? A sh schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. <gasps> You we know? have a German term. Yes. yes. Which is where, when you like actually enjoy watching someone else suffer, which I think is like, like, I think she was absolutely thrilled to see Linda completely left, <gasps> um, you know, just shut out because I shut her the fuck out and, you oh, know, no. and it was just like me and Becky. Um, but I do think like, and eventually I found out because Becky, she didn't tell me straight straight out but she was basically like it i might not have like i like maybe i told ryan i don't know and i was like girl oh, no. <laughs> um and linda and i are still we're still friends to this day and she's like i will i will take i will say to the great to the day i die I never fucking told Ryan. so anyway that's my um that's my uh steamy hot jealousy tea from seventh grade i love um, that but in terms of me being jealous, the truth is that I've had a lot of jealousy moments, although as I've gotten older and learned to actually like really love myself, those moments are less and less frequent, but they still happen. And what I've realized from reflecting on jealousy, or I guess envy, I guess envy is more what I experience. Mm -hmm. um, and what, what it comes from for me is like one of two feelings, like one that God has decided not to give me something that I really wanted that 
God gave, like chose to give someone else. And it feels like an injustice Mm. or that there was something really wrong with me and that it couldn't be fixed. And I saw someone else not having the flaw quote unquote that I had. And I just kind of wanted to be them instead of me, which is essentially like the definition of envy that you just told us about. So a great fucking example of that is from when I was 12. So again, terrible time in life, <laughs> middle terrible. school, fucking terrible. And it's just was- like, particularly among like, yeah, yeah. Why in the U.S. and like women, girls are yeah. especially mean to each other during that time. Boys are too. I mean, but the amount of times I got called names, but like, yeah. Yeah, and I enjoy. and and this is a great story because it's about the dual, like the um, multifaceted way that that can kind of look. So like, um, first of all, to like kind of preface how this all came, how this whole, um, moment came to be 12 was a really fucked up year for me. Cause that summer I went to go stay with my dad and he went on a big drunk drug binge and just like mm. left for four days. <laughs> mm. It was just like, bye. And my mom caught wind of what was happening and made me fly back to LA early. And then I remember I landed in Burbank at the airport and my mom and I went into Bob Hope, Bob Hope airport, God bless him. And we went into a bathroom stall together. And when I sat down to pee, she saw blood on my panties (gasps) and was like, Remy, your panties. And I was like, I just looked at her and I was like, mom. I've been pooping myself for three days and I can't stop. Yeah. I had no fucking idea. Oh my God. (laughs) Because no one told me that it would be brown when it came out. Like it's brown for a lot of girls the first time because it's like been in there. It's like old, you know, it's been in there for so long. So I had no idea. And she was like, Remy, that's not poop. You started your period. So Uh, I had this like traumatic thing happen in the Bob Hope airport. What, yeah. So like this thing happened with my dad and then I started my period, like while it was happening and thought I was shitting myself. And then my mom like saw it in the airport. And then, you know, it was just like my, you know, my mom was emotionally unpredictable at the time. Plus she was like working all the time and leaving me alone with my sister who hated me. And which was like a reason I was super bummed to come home early. And then on top of it, I was horny as fuck. And knew that there was like absolutely nothing I could or even wanted really to do about it. Like, I'm not trying to hook up with dudes when I'm 12, but still it was just like, it was so bad that one time I remember I started just like rubbing my crotch on the mattress while sobbing, like sobbing as I'm doing it. Like my, oh my-, <laughs> my hormones were just fucking insane. And I felt and like boys a- to men softly playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. Serenading me. Yeah. I'm like rocking like rhythmically. Yeah. So anyway, I just, I felt like a completely, I just felt like a hot ass mess. And I was like, okay, so my immediate family, like my mom and my sister is dysfunctional and disjointed. We don't do a single fucking thing as a family. My dad- Oh, you knew that you were oh, like, yeah. this is okay. Yeah. I had started to like like tune into the fact that we were not like other families. I love Um, that. My dad had all this addiction stuff going on and like being with him, it was sort of like he would just vacillate between yelling at me and ignoring me. Mm. I'd internalized all this weird stuff about my sexuality and felt like there was something like deeply wrong with my body, you know, because like between period shitting all over myself 
to thinking I was probably a nympho at 12 because my hormones were surging like crazy. And no one had ever told me like, oh, by the way, boys don't own all the libido real estate. So there's nothing wrong or weird with you feeling like you'll have an emotional breakdown if you don't hump your bed. Like we're also, so that's another point. That's another episode maybe, but like the way in which it's like men are considered virile for being horny, you know, but like gay men or women horny predator or slut. Right. Right. uh -uh. Mm -mm. Yeah. Especially when you're that age, because it's not even like you can act on it really when you're like 12 years old. So, I mean, I maybe guess you I did that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, I didn't feel like I could, and that's also maybe because of slut shaming or whatever, but like, I felt like something was like, I was sick or something. Do you know what right. I mean? So right. what did I do? I became best friends with the Mormon. Oh no. Why? That's always a bad sign. <laughs> because she had everything I didn't. She had a big, tight knit family that ate dinner together and shit. They lived in a huge, like we lived in a tiny little apartment because I had, you know, a single mom essentially because my dad didn't pay child support. So, Damn. you know, we lived in this little tiny apartment. They had this big, huge, beautiful house on a yeah, little- Mormons always have the big house. Yeah. They have big houses. Like this one was like the top of like literally the top and of in- fucking Burbank oh, yeah. with like a trampoline in the backyard. <gasps> no, that yes. was in the nineties. That was like wealth. Yeah. It was like, yes, they were wealthy. Her parents were calm. Her dad was really nice. Like I remember one time he came home from work and hugged her and I was like, what? Like it was wild to me. And then he did this thing. He hugged you. No, he hugged her. Oh, okay. And that I was like, my dad never like my dad didn't like come home from work oh. and hug us, you know. Um, anyway, and they did this thing where like he came home and she like ran up to him and like jumped and like gave him a big hug. And then they did this thing where she put her feet on top of his feet. And then like he walked around and she was like balancing on top of his feet and like walking basically. I bet she's really well adjusted. Yeah. She, yeah. She's like, she is literally a lawyer and the like mother of five or something. I see her on Facebook. She teaches Zumba and shit. Anyway. Yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, the whole thing. I was like, what is this? Like your dad's happy to see you. It honestly fucked me up so bad because it was everything. Like not only was it everything that I wasn't, my family wasn't, but it was literally what I had prayed for, for years, starting at like five or six years old. Like It's also kind of a capitalist construct, but that saying that adage, like comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. But yeah, anyway. It was stealing your joy, girl. Honey, it was stealing my goddamn joy. And also, I didn't, ha- I didn't also didn't have a lot of joy at the time. Like, I was sad. And this was making it fucking I mean, who worse. does, right? You know, Where's it was like. Serotonin? Have you seen her? <laughs> yeah. And the other thing about Mormons and my friend in particular is that they're so buttoned up sexually, right? So at the time, I was like. That's what they tell you. But well, secretly, they're I mean, like. Right. On the outside. Like, who knows? Well, actually. Okay. Well, I won't get into this, but like, I've talked to, I have Mormon friends and I actually did an interview with a Mormon feminist and she was like, it was, they exist. yes. And she was like, it was fucking They're like, night. let me relegate all my power to my man, but I'm a feminist. <laughs> but also I'm a feminist. I know. I didn't say that, but I was like, what's going on with you? But I know. Also- anytime like there's like religious feminists, I'm like, you know what? The greatest yeah. 
tool of your oppression has been time immemorial. Well, also, um, I mean, like religious gay people. I'm also like, what? I know, I don't, right? Like, I don't understand. Okay, I only get religiousy when I do coke. Oh, and then you see, you see God, and then I'm like, there is a God. You know what? Well, also, there's a difference between spirituality and religion. You know, like oh, the sure. institution of religion is like an oppressive force, right? Um, to back to the Mormon. Okay, right. So, but wait, just to say, wrap up what I was saying. This Mormon feminist said that, her, like, her wedding night was one of the worst nights because her entire life she'd been taught not to have any sexuality, and then she's like, and then I'm just expected to go from zero to a hundred overnight. Right, and the guy probably came in like two minutes. Didn't even know where the like he knew where like the hole was, but that's it, right? Yeah, probably was. I'm sure it was awful. I, I didn't ask about that, but anyway. Uh, that was so yeah. my first question. I've been like, did he know was with the, a clitoris? Was the D? How was the D? <laughs> but did so, he find the clitoris? So here I am, like, I'm over here, you know, humping a mattress and crying. And I'm like, hundred fucking thousand percent, my friend's never done that. You know, I so I thought, like, I'm like, she, she doesn't talk about sex. She's too sweet, I'm sure, to think about sex. Like, her dad doesn't have a stack of porn for her to pour over in his closet. Like, she is perfection. And I'm just the actual literal embodiment of, like, biffing it up a flight of stairs, you know? Oh, yes. Um, so there's just this, like, constant striving to be her, to be modest, polished, polite, self-assured, orderly, like, cute, but simultaneously completely asexual you know so <laughs> I hung out with her all the not time pooping. yeah like not period shitting all of yourself I I started hanging out with her all the time I started going to young women's which was the weird like weekly class that Mormon girls go to to basically like learn how to eventually be wives you know yeah. like mm -hmm. they would teach you like how to sew and like love Jesus and be virtuous and whatever so in other words, I tried to just like become, I just tried to like become part of her family. Like I remember when her grandmother died and her mom was like, Remy needs to go home because we need to have family time. I like tried to convince my friend that I wouldn't get in the way and I'd be really quiet. Like I was just desperate to be part of her life because the more her I was, the less me I would be. And being mm. me meant being ashamed and lonely and sort of like without a family and just like sad, honestly. Right. So this all came to a head when I joined the all Mormon hip hop dance troupe that she was in. <laughs> what? Uh, yes. Wow. I, I'm learning a lot about Mormons. <laughs> and I had been in it for nearly a year, I think, when this new girl, this, and by the way, everyone in the class is Mormon except for me. So this new Mormon girl joins the class and there was this dance move that we did where we were supposed to like wiggle our hips. Right. And the new girl, and it's like, you know, it's a conundrum, right? Cause it's like, cause you're going to hell, right. You're going to hell if you do this move, but also they're telling us to do this move, but also like do it in a way that's like not sexy, but it's also like inherently a sexy move. Right. Yeah. Um, so this, this new girl, comes in and she fucking gets down during that part like homegirl was about it she went low she went hard and it was Damn. like sexy times up in the mormon hip-hop class <laughs> and when my friend and i went to get a drink from the water fountain in the lobby i pulled the ultimate shitty jealousy move like 
or I guess envy move. I immediately started talking shit about this girl's dancing and how it, <laughs> and how it wasn't modest and it was too sexy. Oh and my, my God. Yeah. And my friend like fully agreed with me and we just like dragged this girl together, which would have been fine. However, this younger girl <gasps> who happened to be standing by the water fountain in that moment, who wasn't even oh in our God. class. Okay. Like there's if you're, so many tropes in this whole situation by yeah. the water fountain, by the, yes. <laughs> Yeah. And this younger girl who's like not in our class, by the way, you know, so like if you're out there, girl, like you were not even in our class. Okay. She heard me say that marched back into the dance studio. She's Mormon too. Went right up to the new girl and told her everything I'd said. Didn't mention the fact that my friend had like agreed with me just was like this girl and like pointed at me and was like, and I knew exactly what was happening. You were othered. Yes. I was othered immediately. So exactly. I'm being singled out as the like non-Mormon shit talker. So I get a talking to for not being nice and like not being welcoming to this new girl, which is very not Mormon of me. You know, they're just like the goddamn choose the right. Yeah. So here I was trying to fit in because of how much I wanted to be like my friend and it totally backfires. And now I'm the asshole. So, um, after it happened, yeah, were you going to say something? I mean, so, I mean, there's a few camps, but evolutionary psychologists, they usually regard um, jealousy or envy as an emotion not to be suppressed, but like as one to listen to. Oh, well, because, I'm, oh my God. So wait, I'm actually going to. Because it, it's a wake up call that a valued relationship or friendship might be in danger. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because if you think of, you know, our evolutionary history, it wasn't that long ago that if you were like excluded from the social group, it meant a lion or a tiger or a bear was going to eat you. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So after that happened, I basically just had this like come to Jesus moment. I mean, pardon, pardon the irony. And I got really honest with myself. I mean, I was like 13 or whatever at this point, but I was just like, wow, you know, the truth is I don't actually give a fuck about how, how sexy this girl was dancing or how sexy any girl dances. Like the only reason I talk shit about her was because I want to dance super sexy. Like self-awareness, self-reflective Remy. I know. Yeah. I was mad that I wasn't like the whole thing started because I'm like mad and frustrated that I wasn't asexual. Right. And, Mm. and then I was mad that I wasn't free enough to just express my sexuality and not give a fuck. And so I just like, um, took that out on her. So that basically that level of reflection was about as much as I could wrap my head around at the time. But in retrospect, the reality was like, as I saw it in that moment, that girl, that new girl was reflecting my inherent, both of these girls in different ways were reflecting my inherent, like flawedness back to me. Right. I mean, that, and that's projection, you know, that's like the root of that. Is, yeah. Yeah. So I felt like one, I had to align with completely and like lose myself in order to like, um, dissolve my shame. And then the other one, like that was my, you know, Mormon friend, number one. And then the other one, the new girl dancer girl, I felt like I had to demonize in order to dissolve my shame. Right. Like both, both were attempts at losing, like trying to rid myself of my shame. So I basically just was, I I didn't know that at the time, but I was just sort of like, this isn't working really like, (laughs) like, and, and I tried and I just ended up the asshole. So like, this isn't me. So I just kind of 
And also, let me also say, this was the 90s when there was a lot of cultural pressure to be yourself. You know, it was like grunge. Individualism. It was all about like, you know. Suffering. Yeah, grunge was really, that whole movement was about like, don't sell out, be who you are, be unapologetic. And so like there was a lot of- truth. Yeah, so there was a lot of that like, um, cultural influence going on. And I was just like, this isn't me. Like, it's just not me. So I just kind of let go of that friendship once I saw what I was doing and started hanging out with other girls and playing with Ouija boards and cussing and, you know, like listening to Tori Amos obsessively. Yes. So that was my healing journey through middle school jealousy, but I've definitely felt jealous as an adult. Like I've felt jealous of women when guys I liked were flirting with them. Um, I feel jealousy come up even now when people have successful careers that bring in a Mm -hmm. lot of money and they're Mm -hmm. like super happy doing what they do. Like I haven't figured out how to make that work in my own life yet. So I definitely feel jealous when I see that, or I guess I feel envious, I guess to be specific about the language. Um, I feel envious when people publish books because that's something that I want to do. But, and I used to feel jealous sometimes envious when people who had like when people launch podcasts because I wanted to podcast but like you know I address that issue so we're good there and here's the podcast and here we are so what has helped me heal jealousy the best advice I ever got around envy or jealousy I guess it can work either way was to really pay attention to it like you were saying instead of shirking away from it in shame because it Mm -hmm. always has something really important to teach you I mean this is true anytime you have an uncomfortable feeling but I think jealousy it's like actually pretty easy whereas sometimes like an uncomfortable feeling you need to process for a long time with jealousy you can just say in the moment like okay I feel jealous of x person for y reason like they published a book it's because mm. I want to publish a book or, you know, like they're in this relationship. I want to be in a relationship like that. So you immediately have insight into either like something you really want in life that you can like, pro, you know, be proactive about providing for yourself. Right. Or like in the case of my Mormon friend and me, like maybe you're holding on to shame and it's not this person at all. That's the issue. The issue is that you've denied love to a part of yourself that needs your attention and needs to be nurtured and is honestly probably something that lots of other people experience, you know? So by Mm -hmm. hiding it and shaming it, you're actually preventing yourself from being seen and loved and accepted by others too. And like, are there people who will also not like that part of you? Like, I mean, yes, sure. But catering to them will eventually, you know, bite you in the ass like it did in my case. So you might as well just do your thing full out. Like, What's the thing that I'm ashamed of? It's this. Okay, let me just love and accept this and mm. do my thing and invite in the people who are who are going to love me the way that I am. You know, it's just basically about like letting those authenticity titties see the Ooh. light of day, you know, free the authenticity nipple. The nip, the titty. Yeah, the often authentic authentic authenticity authenticity is yeah really this whole rant was just so that i could talk about boobs so yeah the nip yeah the nip okay that's me what about you well i mean a lot but i can say just a few things i wanted to talk about um so how how, dealing with jealousy like you actually you're 
Dr. Remy over here. Um, <laughs> I mean, jealousy can be valuable, right? It can teach yeah. you things like, like you're talking about, like it can, it can show you, it can give you insight into some things inside of yourself. Um, but it can also like compel like someone to like obsessively monitor someone else's communication, their mm-hmm. relationships, whereabouts, um, you know, and like, even though it feels taboo, sometimes like simply acknowledging jealousy can like help ward it off in the future, but it can also strengthen a relationship in the present. Mm, you mean um, like telling someone else I feel jealous? Yeah. I mean, there's no yeah. cure for it. Right. But accepting that jealousy is normal. Right. And challenging those negative thoughts um, and like practicing mindfulness helps for me. Mm. Um, it might reduce its pull. Right. So when jealousy is um, overwhelming, talking to somebody about it can help. And like you're talking about, like naming it. Um, ta-da. Ta-da. So yeah, you did, you're, you're doing a good job. Thank you. With that. Yeah. Because like jealousy involves a fear that is like worrisome thoughts about potential loss, right? So behind it usually is like, the potential of loss. Commonly, jealousy is an emotional reaction that's activated by actual or anticipated interest in another person by someone we care about. So like all of that is like, like you're saying, it's kind of built around loss or like absence of care. Um, and yeah. yeah, so naming it is crucial behind that. Um, so funny enough, having a twin Mm. and jealousy are friends I mean but not friends and like so in a lot of ways it helped me learn um kind of about how connected people are but like how distant we really are from each other you know what I mean like obviously my twin and I have like a very special relationship and we know each other really well but like I don't know them like I don't know their inner workings more than I know other people Mm. right Mm-hmm. So it's like all relative to like that. Um, but yeah, growing up, Dove, my twin, was like, we were just very opposite in a lot of ways. Like I was like very like studious and booky and they were not, they hated school, but they were like a gymnast, like, um, and they were like flexible and they were mm-hmm. thin and they were like, we had a trampoline and they were like really good on the trampoline. and <sighs> Rude. Yeah, they also had um, rollerblades and they would, yeah, and they would like do these like really intricate and like that was the time when like, you know, Nadia Comaneci and like we had like all of the icons in like roller skate or um, ice skating and like gymnasts and like there was like, you know, Michelle Kwan was big and as like two little queers in like suburbia with like Christian parents it was like that was like kind of we would like collaborate and like plan these like rollerblade like routines oh my god cute yeah and so we would play like um Celine Dion and I would like spotlight them with like a flashlight and like I was always jealous because they were always better they were always like much more live and like flexible and like better at it and they could do all the tricks and I would like I was kind of chubby so but yeah I think and then like that jealousy kind of evolved and what's interesting about jealousy in a relationship like that because like most people don't remain such good 
or in close contact, right, with the people that they've had jealousy over time, like your middle school friend, you don't necessarily have, but like my twin, I still have a really close relationship with, right? So it's like, it's interesting that like jealousy, I don't think it's really changed. I mean, it's changed what the jealousy is, but like, it's just chosen different forms, you know? But like, at this point, I like, I have very little jealousy of them or of their things or even their body or their you know i've done a really we've done a lot of work around like yeah that so and do you think that growing up with a twin that you were constantly comparing yourself to and feeling like you were coming up short do you think that that had long-term effects or I mean, I think one of the things is that we were like pitted against each other in some ways and like always compared by other people. Mm. So I think some of that's learned. Um, But do you think that you kind of came, maybe reached young adulthood with a sense of like, like it it kind of chipped away at your self-esteem a bit? Because I feel like it would have if it had been me. I mean, yeah, maybe. But I think there are other things at play. So in middle school, like, they were popular and I was not. I was Why? like, I was, Why do you think that was? I was the president of the Christian club on campus and they were like a rebel mm. and they wore like, and they were like, yeah, they were a rebel and like cool. And then like, um, yeah. And then we like flipped, like I started playing football and like trying to be straight and cool. And then they were like edgy and like hardcore and like into punk Mm. and then they came out they had a perspective they had a perspective and it was it was like artsy and cool yeah and they were like vegetarian and then they were like i'm gay which in the small town that we were from with our parents that was like a big fucking huge 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 and it was a shit storm that whole fucking thing like our town there was how old were you it was like freshman year. So like what, how old are we? Like four, 13, 14. 14, yeah. Fuck. And so what I did, was you, like, how did you not, feel? So I went to school early. I went to college early because I was like, I need to get out of here. So I like tested out of high school and I went to college early. I went to a private Christian college to get out. Because and that was, was so upsetting for you? No, it was just like too much to face. Because like I was just not ready to be like, in that home, in that town with those people and like face them the way that they were. Okay. Um, They ended up running away to Hollywood actually and like lived on the streets of Hollywood for a little bit. Just to to clarify, we're using they because Dove um, identifies as- as Non-gender. Gender gender non-conforming. Yeah, exactly. If you're confused. Um, Okay, so so you're- And it changes. but that said, I was never really jealous of that, you know, but like, I was like, in a way, not gonna do that. So they chose that path. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a lot of ways, like, I've always, I guess, like, respected them in that because like, they, there's like, this like, deep strength there that I'm like, ooh, you are yeah fierce fearless or something. yeah fearless yeah. and fierce and all of that so and so, so at the time I'll, you didn't feel envious you felt respect you had respect no I mean that I've come to see it that way for sure okay but, but at like, the time 
initially I was like, damn girl. Well, cause both of us couldn't be queer. It's like how I saw it. Cause oh, I was like, because of the family and they're we're twins and da, 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 da. And it's like, mm-hmm. whatever. So I was like, kind of trying to play it cool. Um, but yeah. And then when I came out, they were like, I'm the gay one. <laughs> they're like, you can't be gay. And I was like, okay well Mm. so it wasn't really jealousy it was just funny it was like a funny um funny funny um so yeah but I think jealousy and then we've only ever had like like boys are funny between us like we I don't think we're ever really jealous of each other or like each other's like boyfriends or whatever but like there was this one boy that they had dated before I hooked up with them and yeah I guess there was some jealousy there but like not jealousy of each other just like yeah I don't know jealousy envy those are like really interesting things to think about right because they're kind of transient dude if my sister like okay well actually I don't get to talk because my sister did kind of hook up with a dude and then later he and I dated. Oh, that's kind of hot. No, I'm just kidding. No, but um, I was going to say, I was going to say if that had ever happened, like I, but it did happen to us, but, but I would feel, I would, there would be like really intense, jealous feelings if my fucking twin, you know what I mean? Like if we're sharing partners at some point or like yeah. swapping or whatever, I think that would make me feel super shitty. For sure. So I, I guess I don't have a lot of stories, but I do have some recommendations for like kind of mitigating and confronting yeah. jealousy. Yeah, let's hear it. You want to hear? I do. Well, um, here we go. So just, you know, kind of realizing that people, we make assumptions about other people's lives or other people's experience without knowing their entire story. Mm-hmm. so you assume that the other person's only experiences like positive beautiful things in their life especially with social media right like you only see the good shit and so you're like looking at this person who's published this book and you're like oh but that leads to intolerable jealousy which can make you miserable and like um yeah perhaps that person shares the joy and like but withholds their distress right or their pain or their suffering i mean this is just like instagram culture for sure yeah yeah Yeah. um which is i think pervasive and kind of is how we like live in the world right now yeah um but like yeah kind of look around that and like get to know like that full person behind that story right and like i don't know sometimes it's hard when you look at like kim kardashian you're like she has bad days too you know and you're like but does she um yeah and then like also perhaps one of the things is like people like you feel as though there's not enough success to go around in the world right and like when you see someone else or when you see someone else dancing really sexy you're like oh like there's not enough success right or there's not enough sexy dance moves in the world right like I can't we can't both be the hot (laughs) yeah yeah and so like consider shifting that belief like to understanding that like there's a limitless supply of success in the world yeah you know that's and it's so like, key that scarcity mindset can really lead you to feeling envious and resentful of other people's success for sure right 
Um, and like no one owns all the success, you know, it's not, I mean, Except which is maybe sad, especially, yeah, exactly. I mean, but that is interesting. Again, capitalism, right? It's like accumulation models are built on this whole thing of like continuous growth. But when we're talking about things like success or like joy, right? Those aren't like finite, measurable, material things. And like wealth is not joy. Right. 100%. But it helps. But it really fucking helps. Like um, yeah. Um, but yeah, changing beliefs around that. Um, yeah. And just knowing that, I think it can it can help. Um, it can help you feel good about your own success and success of others. Um, but yeah. And then, so similar to how I grow up, like knowing that, like growing up in Western culture, um, we're taught to focus on competition rather than connection mm -hmm. so it's like ingrained in us to compete with one another mm -hmm. totally and like there's always the winner there's always the best there's always top of the class there's always valedictorian there's always the hot one there's always the most popular you know all of these things um and that that doesn't end in middle school that perpetuates throughout the world you know mm -hmm. and we're like so kind of in a way capitalism and just our culture rest on this com competition right mm -hmm. so it, i think naming that and like rethinking the style of like how we relate to each other yeah you know yeah. and like how do we turn competition into connection um so yeah i think yeah. that's so focusing on like connection to others and like celebrating other people's joy like yeah. i think well, that I can really shift it yeah, it's so huge. And also, like, if you think about it, we used to be, we used to live tribally, where everyone kind of needed to succeed in order for the tribe to do well, because we were interdependent. Right. But in these... I mean, that's certainly the, the uh, evolutionary psychological, like, belief, or like, you know, that's what we think. <laughs> that's what we, what do you mean by that? I mean, that's like what the research is telling us around right. what jealousy is, is it's inclusion in the group used to be, like I said, it's like a, um, if you get excluded from a group, you know, like that means death. Or if there's only so much food, that means death, Right. you know? So like yeah. competition is like ingrained in us evolutionarily. Oh, well, yes, but I was, yes, that's true. And I was going to say that like, maybe it's because I'm like, I guess if you're a hunter man, you know, mm. and like you're the best hunter always. And then some other fucking guy comes along in the tribe and all of a sudden he's out hunting you like, yeah, maybe you're going to feel jealous. But at the end of the day, like you're also going to eat well because this guy's hunting well and you're hunting well, whatever. So, so maybe there's like some, some, I don't know, something there, but like, I think with women, our um our history is more about Straight. like nurturing and gathering and um you know I'm sure there I'm not I'm not gonna say that there was there was never jealousy in tribes but I do think that like there's been research recently that actually there's a myth man the provider which has been debunked oh my god you're right that's right I read yeah. that too wait yeah please, please I mean, talk it's, about this 
I mean, just for a long time in the patriarchal system, we've had this myth that like, man, the breadwinner, man, the meat hunter, men, the hunters, blah, blah, blah. But they actually did analysis of like our ancient ancestors. Um, and most of the calories and most of what was consumed was gathered by the women. That's right. I, and this is how this is. And how that the women, but the women would stay because, and it also it was like a consistent caloric intake over time. So they would be like, you know, um, getting like nuts, seeds, foraging, but it would be a store. Whereas like men would like risk so much and like burn so much energy to get like one animal, one but deer. like that animal. Yeah. And that was it. And it wasn't necessarily like the amount of exerted energy didn't really pay off. So anyway. That's right. And But I, what I was going to say is that that's how brainwashed I've been is that I read that same fucking thing and completely forgot. And, and just like was like parroting the thing that I've heard forever. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So are were there more? Should we should we reveal? I mean. Oh, yeah. I don't think we have told people that we're going to do a reveal. I did. Yes, at the beginning. Oh, you did. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I have. Yeah. I mean, so like just maybe we've grown up to be taught to focus on competition and like to shift that to connection. I think mm -hmm. that that's really like that's Huge. my core and just like shift away from the idea that there are winners and losers in the world because yeah. the world is not divided that way. And yeah, like, we're so binary. We're taught to be so binary in our thinking. But there is no winner and there is no loser, right? Yeah. And there's like, yeah, that's yeah. that's what I got. That's Yay. what I got. For, I love that. Those are my niblets. Those are your you niblets. Yay. I love that. Um, okay. Big reveal time. Who we're current, who our current jealous, jealousy situation is. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. So my big, the, the person that I found myself recently being like, fuck you was my fucking therapist. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So as I mentioned at some point, my therapist um broke up with me she was like I'm moving I can't be your therapist anymore oh um, and so and she was like but I do these like little Enneagram um group meetings if you want to come and so it was like a zoom meeting and so no one was coming but me <laughs> and so like during while we would like wait for people to come and they never did she would kind of tell me what was going on in her life which had never really happened oh. my therapist because it was always like you know focused on me right so we're talking and she's like, yeah, you know, I just was really reflecting recently and like, I'm so in love and <sighs> I have this great relationship with my husband and we have this oh my beautiful God. family and I love the work that I do. You know, I'm finally like, I just love everything oh that gosh. I do. Oh and I God. was sitting there and I was like, bitch. Like, have you not been listening to me for the last year and a half? Like everything that oh, you're no. you just, you were just, it's like you took notes on all the things that I all don't my have. Yeah. All the oh, things that I like despair over and you just like fucking spit it back in my face. Like, but I think that's too a good point because people often blur the lines of like what your therapist is and your therapist is not your friend. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. not to say that they can't be, but like. 
Well, and also I don't think she was trying to hurt my feelings. I think she was, you know, she was just like, blah, 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 blah. But like, I was like, damn girl, like, you know, it's not, it's not great. It's not great to hear that from you. Um, but also many, um, but also many, and, many blessings, many blessings. Um, the other, my other thing that you're so I, brave. You're like, tell us her name. You're such a brave, well, not, soul. but not, but not her last name. You'll never, okay. you'll never know. Um, another thing that I was like, yeah, I'm jealous. And, and I don't know if this is like when I, I was like, what is it about men? Like, I'm really angry at men for sure. In general, mm-hmm. like mm. straight men specifically, like straight men. Right. But like. There's also, and I was like, it's not that I'm jealous of them because I would never want to be a dude, I don't think. But I realized what it is, is that men, in my experience, my experience dating men has reflected a truth back to me, whether or not it's actually true, we don't know. But my perception of them as a result of dating them is that they can have sex with people and just be like, whatever. Right. And It lacks that emotional vulnerability. Yes. And that the truth is like, I want, I don't want, um, sex. I don't want meaningless sex really, but I want to be able to have meaningless sex as an option. And it just doesn't okay, feel I believe like an in this for you. I'm just going to tell you, I feel like that can be cultivated. Do you? I do. I do deeply. Oh, man, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I'm really struggling. Okay. I mean, except to that things change over time, but you kind of, you kind of snatched away part of my, um, jealousy, my reveal. Oh my God. Go. Yeah. Your turn. What's yours? I mean, I'm just deeply jealous of straight people. I think mm. because it, I mean, that sounds anti-queer, but it's not in a way because it was just like learning to live in a world that was not meant to, for me. Right. And like mm-hmm. growing up, like all of the trauma that was like shored up, like even to this day, like my mom can't tell me that she accepts me as a gay person. Right. She thinks there's like some day that I'll like pray it away or something. <sighs> so I've always, that's always been, yeah, kind of like not, but the thing is, is like, I'm not jealous. I'm actually proud of my queerness. But then I like look at all of these advantages and all of the ways in which the world like privileges people, like straight people and like everything's built for that. So yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. And But also like all of the trauma, like how different my life would have been. Like I said, like mm-hmm. Dove ran away and like I had like live in the closet and like pray away the gay, you know, and like... Right. My life would have been so different. And I look at my straight brother and sister and like, I'm not jealous of their life because I don't want their life, but I'm jealous of how easy it's been. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you don't want to be, it's like, you don't want to be straight necessarily. It's like, you want to have the advantages that a straight person has. Yeah. Or I just want like the last 33 years of deep trauma not there. Right. I yeah. just sometimes I look at straight people, especially like, yeah, and I'm just like, you're so void of, but all of those things that I talked about have really helped me heal from that, actually. Yeah. But yeah. I still kind of am like, mm, straight people. I get it. Also, because... like, just the amount of microaggression that I go through, like, every day, like, even that whole thing with the temperature thermometer, like, of course, in my mind, I saw men in the shop and I was like, 
straight guys me out here you know what I mean so that's it I'm also jealous of my fucking dog because all they do is like snack and sleep and look cute and I'm like girl yeah that life yeah same my cat (laughs) that's the life I want Rick Moranis my cat I'm like all you do like oh all you do is like bring us bunnies and chipmunks and joy and and like flop around and eat and like yell at me when you don't have enough wet food even though there's like already wet food in there the pate fucking cat pate cate love <laughs> Trump, uh, Rama, ding, can i can i just say before we close that that was a really vulnerable share about um about straight people and i hear that and I value that. And I like, I, I know you said that like you thought it was anti-queer, but actually I think it's really, I don't think it is. I think it's like really fucking real and honest. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of queer people feel that, but feel like they can't say it because they're afraid that it will be viewed as anti-queer. And it's really not that you don't want to be queer. It's that you don't want to have to deal with the bullshit that our homophobic um heteronormative culture has created like the fearscape that they have created for queer people like you would really much rather not have fucking had to deal with that no shit and it's created a lot of heartbreak in your life and yeah like and i you know i actually really thank you for sharing that because it's really important thank you thank you for thanking me um i also like too I mean just in you know my studies and like kind of the work I want to do in the world like I am all about like collective healing and like collective liberation and like I think that like you know if one of us is oppressed we're all oppressed yeah and like if we live in a system that privileges one person over the other you know so like I think from where I sit you know queer oppression is is oppression of all peoples like i i am in solidarity with all peoples who are oppressed too so it's yeah i think that everyone that's a journey that we're on together so it's our trauma rama ding dong journey trauma rama ding dong journey (laughs) yay everyone thanks so much for tuning in this week and um what what are all the details dude what's oh yeah so we're on instagram and you should follow us and you should share us and you should like us um we're also love us you should love us um we're also on facebook which is cool oh yeah we started a page like us us. friend us us. um also on our anchor we have not brought in a single dollar that is not Um, true i sent it to you shout out to naomi skier who became our first sponsor she sponsors us monthly naomi skier you're the best oh my god we love yes we love that that. Um, but but yeah so i know that we have people listening all over so that would be cool to get some some currency you know if you have some bitcoin to throw at us oh yeah if you yeah. Yeah. Send us your cryptocurrency stock. Also, um, we are, you can email us trauma ding dong at gmail.com. Email us and tell us like, what are some subjects Picks. that you, yeah. Dick pics, um, news, um, um, tell us like what you want us to talk about. If you have any subjects that you're really interested in or stories of your own, 
um, trauma lights or trauma heavy. If you want to go there and like, tell us what's going on, um, interact with us. Cause we're excited. We are excited. Yeah. And, um, and till next time. Until next time. Trama. Rama. Ding. Bye. Bye. You have a beautiful singing voice. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, bye.